We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 279. That is a wrap on the Yankee season. Uh, weird, bitter way to end it. Obviously, losing to the Red Sox. Uh, just a lifeless effort until the ninth inning when they got everybody excited and we thought maybe we were going to be watching one of those epic comebacks, epic games that they had so many times last year in the postseason. Just did not happen. Yeah, it's, it actually felt like it was... It was damn close. Kimbrel was having a hard time finding the strike zone. And, uh, you know, they just uh, it was similar, similar story in the sense that these guys just couldn't get things done with uh, with runners in scoring position. I mean, Kimbrel was basically helping them out. That was he was driving that that uh, that rally in the last inning. And yeah. um, and they, they couldn't take advantage of anything. I mean, they were practically serving it up on a silver platter. And you know, fittingly so, how the how the season has gone the entire year right. with them not hitting in runners in scoring position, not taking advantage of opportunities. Literally, Boston and Craig Kimbrell is giving you the game right now. Cannot do anything about it. Just season over. One hit. Just get one damn friggin' hit. Doesn't need to be a home run. Just get a single there. Either Gary Sanchez or Glaber Torres or Giancarlo Stan. Not gonna forget about Mr. Strikeout Stan. Gets a friggin' single and is a. New ball game, new series. Um, 
that's the same. That's the story. Like you said, yeah, you, they get their sack flies, they get their three run home runs, but it's it's those singles that <laughs> seem to have evaded them all season. And even you know the last at bat by Sanchez, like you could tell he was locked in, and I mean he barely missed that ball. Like that ball was, you know, a, a hair away from being a a moon ball. Grand you know, slam. walk off. Yeah, it was a three run shot or a grand slam or whatever it was that when he was up and. It would have been uh, it would have been ridiculous, uh, but he just missed it. But again, he's going for the big shot. He was going for the home run. You could tell he's swinging out of his shoes. Um, but that's uh, that's I guess today's game. So just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the entire game uh, stuff is that uh, so obviously you guys are listening to this. this is the game four post game episode. Our next episode will be recorded sometime on Sunday, be released on Monday, and that will be our regular schedule, right? Throughout the winter is every Monday yep. weekly episodes. We do not stop doing episodes in the winter. Um, got a lot of exciting stuff planned for the offseason, uh, including talking about everything going on with the Yankees. It was a busy offseason last year. I expect it to be a busy offseason this year. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're talking about offseason <laughs> schedules right now. This is <laughs> Freaking Way too depressing. damn early. Last year it happened uh, two weeks later than it happened this year. Um, but since you guys are, are not going to be going to any more playoff baseball games, maybe you want to go to some football games, some hockey games, some basketball games. The best way to do that is to go to SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It is hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. They pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I use SeatGeek. I've used SeatGeek a number of times. I use them to go to one of these Yankees playoff games, um, and uh, you guys uh, should uh, check out the app as well. It is um, it is good because they get fully guarantee all of their uh, their tickets, so you can buy with confidence. They ha- they rate the tickets, uh, they color code them, so you know if you're getting a good deal. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Uh, download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code Bronx today, and get twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, promo code Bronx at checkout gets you twenty bucks off your first purchase. Well, Radit, let me tell you better. Uh, let me tell you about my uh, how I how I need to get some rest currently right now. Uh, how does a how does a great night's sleep improve my performance? Well, I can tell you one thing: it gives me more energy. It, it less uh, lessens the fog in my brain, puts me in a better damn mood, makes me more productive. And the new Sleep Number 360 bed helps everyone from parents to pro athletes, except for the New York Yankees, improve their daily performance through proven quality sleep. Um, my wife and I both have. Uh, our own settings so that we can have the mattress the way we want it. We both get great night's sleep occasionally when our son doesn't wake us up five times in the middle of the night and the Yankees don't put us to sleep at midnight, maybe one in the morning during the playoffs. Um, so sometimes couples disagree on the firmness of your mattress. Sleep number lets you choose it. That's why we have that. It's perfect for both of us. It's ideal for both of us. The new beds are very smart. They sense every move automatically and adjust to you, keeping you comfortably sleeping throughout the night. Come in during the fall sale and save $100 on the Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed, now only $899. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL, uh, which is the new sport that we're all going to be watching. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 500 
Uh, one of their 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Visit sleepnumber.com slash Bronx to find the one nearest you. So I just saw a note from Tyler. He posted in our, our chat that the Red Sox are playing New York, New York in their celebration in the Yankees clubhouse. We had to watch them celebrate the division title a couple weeks back, and now we got to watch them celebrate the ALDS title, rubbing it in our faces. Yeah, I guess that backfired a little bit, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, you know, we were, uh, I know a bunch of them, we saw like if what they had said about it and when they were asked about it by reporters about the judge playing that song, they're like, ah, oh, you know, they kind of shrugged it off. Well, it's it's pretty clear that they used it as internal motivation and it pissed them off. So. Yeah, I'd say so, considering <laughs> they, they, they uh... came out in like a freaking bat out of hell and just, you know, kept scoring runs. And of course, you know what? Like the, the most fitting end is Eduardo Nunez to Steve fucking Pierce. <laughs> what they, they came into Yankee Stadium, outscored him 20-4. to four. Was that the final tally in these last two games? I know today was close, but uh, the debacle in game three. Um, I thought still the Yankees were going to be able to squeak out one of these games because they have been so good at home. Everything was setting up for them nicely coming off that huge win in game two. Uh, they came home and just took a steaming dump uh, right in the middle of the Bronx. Um, just... yeah. Just a terrible way to end the season. And tonight where you had you had the crowd still fired up because I was there game three. And then once the fourth inning happened, the crowd's out of it. I mean, it's 10 nothing, whatever. Tonight, the crowd came out with more energy than it seemed like the Yankees did. And that I have a problem with. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to judge for the, the crowd definitely came out and you could tell that in, in particular moments, like they were trying to rally the team. It seemed like it seemed like they were really, you know, fighting hard and, and really trying to bring the uh, the energy. So I give the everybody at that at that stadium a ton of credit. Um, Tyler, who has been working with us this uh, season, doing all the back end stuff, was there sitting in left field. Um, and and he, he was talking just about how the the energy was. It was really good. It was loud. Um, and you could tell you could tell that that place was rocking in the ninth inning right there. And it was getting to Kimbrel. And it was affecting him. It absolutely was affecting him. There's no doubt about it. And the Yankees just couldn't do anything about it. It just they couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, and it, the offense. We're going to get to Boone and everything with the, with the bullpen in a second. But the offense uh, was so flat against Porcello. They were so flat against Nathan Avaldi. And it really highlights the fact that this team, when they are not getting free passes on the bases and they're not walking, and some of those uh, they didn't hit any home runs tonight, but they're not getting those two run, three run home runs. The offense just struggles to make things happen. They were aggressive against Porcello early. What did he have, 14 pitches in the first two innings? Their yeah. game plan was clearly to come out and attack him. I'm okay with that because Porcello throws a lot of strikes. If that's their game plan, fine. you got to get some hits, though, because if you're just tapping the ball down the third base, down to third base to shortstop, weak fly balls, and that's it, one, two, three pitch at bats, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing to the rest of the team. It's demoralizing to the pitching staff. It's demoralizing to the crowd. It, it it's horrible. It was a horrible game to watch for the first eight innings. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time Rick Porcello has, has dominated this team either. Uh, same with Nathan Ovaldi. I mean, these two guys have, have both had success against the Yankees. And uh, for whatever reason, it's, it's, it's basically when you, when you have a pitcher that comes against the, the Yankees, this particular lineup and this particular roster setup, a heavy ball down in the zone is, is like uh, it's kryptonite. They can't hit it. They, they can't do anything with it. Can't, the the launch angle, you know, game plan uh, with the way that these guys are swinging, whether it's it's uh, you know boom or bust, sw- uh, strike out or you know 
something deep, it doesn't work. You know, when when someone is locating um, a heavy ball down in the zone like that, and and that's that's we we we've seen them struggle all year long with pitchers like that. And uh, you know, if if this roster, if the lineup doesn't get better, uh, you know, facing guys like that, facing pitchers like this, you know, it's gonna expect it to continue next year. Yeah, and what happened was Darren Judge, who was on fire all postseason, he was the one that was giving them consistent at bats every single time. Mm-hmm. He hit 14 times with the bases empty in this series. Yep. It's a problem. It's a problem because he's he's the guy that's going to be driving in the runs, especially when he's locked in like that. And if he's just up there hitting solo bombs, which he did uh, on two different occasions in, in Fenway, it's it's tough to score a lot of runs that way. It's tough to score a lot of runs when you can't get those hits with runners in scoring position. How many times did we say that this season? Over yeah. under a million. Yeah, no, it was a lot. There's a lot of a uh, lot of times you said that for sure. And, you know. Fittingly, in the very last game of the season uh, against the Boston Red Sox at freaking home, uh, they uh, were given the game. They really were. They were really given this the opportunity to walk this off, to to steal back the momentum once again, and 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 you know, dr- finish this game at home uh, and and win the game and then take the series to a to a game five after Sale had already pitched, which would have been. Uh, which would have been, you know, put them in a tough position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a ballsy they, move by Cora. It absolutely, he was. was managing like there was no tomorrow, even though he had a tomorrow. Meanwhile, Boone was managing like he had all of the tomorrows, even though there was no tomorrow. It was yeah. a very odd management the last two nights for Aaron Boone. He, we talked about him leaving uh, Severino back out there for the fourth in Game Three, using Lance Lynn in a weird spot. I mean, I think it's inexcusable, but at least he can say, "Well, I had a Game Four to plan for." What's his excuse tonight for leaving Sabathia in after he hits uh, Benintendi to lead off an inning? And you've got Steve Pierce, who absolutely murders you, J.D. Martinez, who might win the MVP, Xander Bogarts, who is probably their third best right-handed hitter, and then. Um, I don't even remember who's up after him, but those are all right-handed hitters facing Sabathia. That's not that's not putting yourself in the best chance to win, especially when if you lose, your season's over, and you have Dellen Batances, who didn't pitch the day before, and David Robertson, who didn't pitch the day before. Both of those guys look pretty damn good today. I would have liked to see him pitch when it was only a one nothing game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen David Robertson come in in that fire extinguisher role. Uh, you know, every one of these guys could have come in and done something. I mean, even Batances with runners on scoring, uh, runners on base. We we saw that in the uh, in the wild card game, and it, and it worked out. So he, he usually he obviously has no problem doing that. Uh, why he didn't do it? Why he left CC in for as long as he did? I'm I can't even get mad about it anymore. It's like it's because everything's over, it doesn't even matter. But. Um, it's just baffling. I'm sitting here watching this happen. Like clearly it doesn't like any signs of weakness from CC, any sign of weakness. He should have been out any sign. You should have had someone ready to go at the beginning of every inning. Like just yeah. have someone there. in the first inning, have somebody warming up. And I know like a lot of people were saying, Oh, he didn't give up a lot of hard hit contact. Yeah. The first two innings, he did not give up a lot of hard hit contact. But then once you got to that third inning, you saw the Red Sox starting to have better at bats, better swings. Fine, you let him face J.D. Martinez, which I think is was a mistake anyway. Martinez hits a missile out to center field that scores a sack fly. There's a hard-hit contact. And then he gives up the double to Kinsler over the head of Brett Gardner, and he still leaves him out there to face Nunez. How? 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 I have no idea. I legitimately thought after that, like once he actually... 
allowed him to pitch, that there was a possibility that he might come out for the fourth. Oh, I think there would I have been. Like, uh, I, I think people like, would have shit. torn those nets around the infield down and stormed the field. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that's that's where that's where you know our head was with him basically in the past two days. Like there, there is a chance that he might bring CC back out. Uh, I, I don't know why he finished that inning. I don't know why he was allowed to to face JD Martinez. To me, that made absolutely no sense. It's a horrible matchup. Horrible matchup. And and then, you know, the dagger... Like, then Kinsler hits a freaking double, and he's still out there. I, I don't know. I got nothing to say. I, I, I have nothing well, to tell you, because I, it doesn't make any sense. Because if, you're, if, we're, if we're looking back, both things, okay, look, you, you're, you're saying he's an analytics guy. I'm saying he's a fucking eye test guy. Well, the analytics don't work there, and the eye test certainly doesn't work there, so I don't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, I listened to his post-game press conference, and he said that they had uh, lined it up so he could get through Jackie Bradley Jr., which he did after he gave up the three runs. But they were just trying to get him through Bradley Jr., and then that was going to be his last batter no matter what. So, See, I, I can't stand again, trying to be cute. made game plans. Trying yeah. to be cute in a game that you cannot lose. Why are we talking about a, a pre-made game plan? Oh, well, the plan was to get him to Jackie Bradley Jr. in that inning. Well, well, there's there's hitters up before him that do damage when when there's runners on scoring position in scoring position when your man's not pitching well. Uh, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that logic. I don't understand that explanation. That's not an explanation to me. Nope. And uh, meanwhile, Britain uh, gave up two home runs in this playoffs. Both at Yankee Stadium. I understand the one today was a cheap right field Yankee Stadium short porch home run, but Britain maybe had a handful of games since he, the Yankees traded for him where he actually looked like Zach Britain. The rest of the time, he was a pretty average reliever. Yeah, I mean, he was certainly not the guy that we expected him to be. And um, there's still voicemails coming in. Uh, it was uh, he was he was not the guy that, that we wanted to. And then obviously that home run was um, just just another insurance run that, you know, that the Yankees did not need uh, another run tacked on. They needed to shut him down. They needed to shut that team down after CC was out. Like that had to be it. That was why that was there was a, a line drawn in the sand at that point. So you, you take CC out after three innings and you're still facing a lineup that's stacked with right handed hitters. Why are you bringing in Zach Britton? Yeah, I don't know. Why are you not immediately going to – why is Betances not the first guy out of the bullpen? Or David Robertson, one of the two of them. One of the two. The way he looked. The way he looked. Uh, the way David Robertson looked tonight, I mean, he looked really good. And mm-hmm. um, he was giving me flashbacks of, of you know, the, the outings he had last year when he was going multiple innings. And Oh, uh, man. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know why we're doing this lefty-righty ma- matchup when they're predominantly a right-handed uh, – you know, batting team, and you bring in let you bring in uh, Britain to uh, to give up that home run to Vasquez. Not good. <clears throat> so I know it's only four games, but Stanton looked really ugly uh, in these four games against the Red Sox. So many guys left on base, so many strikeouts in big spots. I mean, he gets yep. one hit in either game one or game uh, four, and this is a completely different series. We're talking about the Yankees either being tied in this series or potentially even winning this series. Uh, it's going to be a long, I think it's going to be a long kind of off season for Stanton because the narrative now is going to be, this is a rod 2.0 Stanton can't perform in the playoffs. He can't handle New York. He's paid all this money. We've got 10 more years of them, blah, blah, blah. Like I already know the articles that are going to be written. Yeah. Well, they've already started to be written. The, uh, I mean, to me, it's early for that to even start that narrative. It's the first time he's been in the playoffs. 
with the Yankees and here, and, and we're, we're seeing him for the first time. He's seeing his first uh, dose of postseason action. We, we've seen guys struggle, uh, you know, in the past, and then, uh, you know, you get one or two big hits, and all of that is forgotten. So, I'm not I'm not at a point where I'm worried by any means about Giancarlo Stanton. Um, you know, per his performances in the playoffs long term. It's not something I'm looking at. No. I got to see more. I, I need more of a of a of a you know a sample size. Yeah, he's gonna get the chance. But he was because... he was bad. There's no there's no doubt about it. Like he should. Oh, that be... ninth inning at bat. I mean, it was. <laughs> uh, Kimber was trying to walk him, and he, and he yeah. wouldn't take the walk. Just swinging at those sliders in the dirt, trying to be the hero, which I understand that temptation. I mean, he hits a three run home run there and ties the game. It's completely. Uh, that defines his Yankees career almost with with one swing. So I get the temptation there. But you saw Judge have a patient at bat. You saw Didi have a good at bat. You saw um, then then was it Stanton who struck out? Voigt had a patient at bat. Sanchez had a deep at bat. Like Stanton's the only one that goes up there and tries to do just has no plan, no plan of attack against him. You know he and Judge. I mean they really do have to. To we talked about this when we first got Stanton about you know maybe the the two of them can you know talk. And work on swings together, and because they're similar body style, and we know now that their swings are very, 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 very different. But the the times that we saw Stanton going really well was when he was using the whole field, when he was going to the right side, and and when you're looking at him, you know, swinging over top that slider outside the zone, any breaking stuff away, um, similar to what you know we had seen Gary Sanchez, and similar to what we had seen Aaron Judge do, you know, in the first half of that season, he came up in uh, 16. The the guy needs to learn how to use right side of the the, uh, the field in Yankee Stadium and wherever else because when he is doing that when he's not trying to crush the ball and pull the ball and you know only one swing he's so much better he really is and and he found a groove for a while there uh, where he was hitting the ball to right field and you know I think that's one of his one of his big one of his big focuses if, if he can start going you know, more consistently going to right side you know we're gonna see. Uh, more consistent at bats and not such a streaky guy so the season ended last year after game seven of the alcs and it obviously sucked to be so close to a world series especially since they were up in that series but man was it positive around the yankees even after they lost that that series everyone was just so excited for the future of this team and there's still a great future for this team but this is this is the opposite of positive way to end a season. Other, I know the only positive is to really just win the championship because other than that, everyone loses. But last year almost felt like the next best thing. This does not feel like the next best thing. No, it does not feel like the next best thing. You know, and and you know, mixed in with uh, with all these expectations that we had from last year, and and then you know, not not performing to. I shouldn't say not performing to the uh, to the expectations because they won a lot of games. They won a hundred games this year. You know, I, I think. Hold on, <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Uh, what I'm saying is, is, it's it's different because of the because of the AL East. So they didn't, they did not get to their to you know the plan where they wanted to be and, and winning the AL East. That's the big deal. They ended up the wins didn't matter at the end of the day. Is my point is that they ended up in the same spot. They ended up in the wild card, and you know everybody thought this team had a significant chance, a very good, solid chance to win this division. And that, that's where the, you know, the bar was set. That's where our eyes were. And the fact that they didn't win it, the, the fact, you know, even if they won 100 games, that doesn't, it doesn't line up with our, what our expectations are because it's not a division championship. Um, right. and, and the way that it felt in the second half certainly didn't feel like a 100-win team. So, um, you know, there's, there's, 
all those expectations mixed into last year, uh, you know, with last year's performance. New manager, Stanton coming over. Just, uh, and, you know, maybe there was too much change in one year. I don't know. And don't, uh, the the invincibility, invincibility that the Yankees kind of gained last year in the playoffs and even through game the first wildcard game this year at home kind of goes away now. You lost two games at home to the Red Sox in the playoffs in terrible fashion. You get your doors blown off in one of them. And uh, you lose a heartbreaker one in game four. I mean, that that we said one of the keys to the season coming in was win home field because you're unbeatable at home in the playoffs. That's, that's what this park is tailor-made to this team, and it still is. But did, did they hit a home run in these last two days? Uh, they didn't. You know, the the other problem, though, is when you're at home like this and – you're, you're facing teams that can also hit the ball out of the ballpark and can take advantage of the same things that you have taken advantage of all year and you know this, the stadium. When your pitching is just abysmal and doesn't go past the third or fourth inning. I mean, this is becoming a problem. This is, to me, like this trend in baseball is really pissing me off. It, and it's pissing me off that it's become an excuse now too. I was thinking about this earlier today and it was just, it was making, grinding my freaking gears about it. You're looking around at the playoffs and you're looking at these teams who are still in theirs and you have guys uh, who are going deep into the games. You have Houston throwing deep into the games. You have guys on the Dodgers going deep into the games. You have some of the Milwaukee guys. I, I know they're more of a bullpenning team, but you have, um, you have starting pitchers who are going deep in the game. See more than one starting pitcher on, on many of these teams that are still left. And Yes, it's a trend in baseball with this bullpenning and starters are only going five. They're, they're being more cushy with the starters. But goddamn, if you want to have success and you want to have su- success in the postseason, you better damn well have at least two guys who can come out there and give you, you know, six, seven innings in the playoffs. You, you need those guys because if you don't have them and you're relying on a dominant bullpen, but you don't have those starters who can go, a- a- you know, have any depth, your, your bullpen's going to get overused and exposed. And, and, uh, you but know, that's think, not even necessarily what happened. It's not like the bullpen got got exposed this series. It was the 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 Yankee starters were terrible and they couldn't hit the Red Sox pitching for the most part. Well, the, the I'm saying this, it starts with the starters. Absolutely, it starts with the starters. Yes, the the bullpen was, um, you know, carry, picked them up afterwards. There were definitely some problems with the bullpen too. But we're only in you know game four of the ALDS. You want to continue to go and, and win a seven-game series in the in the championship series and then a World Series, and you're right. expecting to do that with pitchers that are going three and four innings? It's not happening. And this is goes back to my argument about bullpenning not being sustainable. It's not sustainable to have pitchers, starting pitchers, that go three to four innings either, because it ruins your bullpen. It's the same premise. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a bullshit trend, <laughs> and they need to. They, I'm serious. I, I hate it. And they need to go, and we need to we need to get some pitchers who have some balls and can throw six and seven innings. And and you know what? Shift the game set, game plans. Shift the mindset. You know, when we're in spring training, when we're talking about all this stuff, there's no more five inning pitchers. Like that's that's not an acceptable outcome. Change the mindset. <clears throat> yeah, I think part of it is though that they just played bad baseball. They just played to what they had, and they didn't have six plus inning pitchers they had one inning relievers so that's what they yeah. played for that's what they played to and uh it and that's why you could see, to get a major overall you could this see in theory how it would work in the playoffs but they, it, other things need to go right as well and and they didn't they didn't get good managing they didn't get timely hitting they got sloppy play all season um 
it, it honestly, uh, it was not a very fun second half. No, it wasn't. It was frustrating. It was a frustrating second half because you're looking at a team that is, and this goes back to what we saw last year. Last year was a was from beginning to end a blast. It was a fun season. It was everything was over expectations. You're like house money, and that's always fun to to do because you know losing doesn't doesn't really come into your mind as like a bad thing at that point because it's not like it's not going to be a major major disappointment. You kind of expected it. Uh, not not to go deep at least, and so then when you're exceeding those expectations and you're going deeper into the playoffs, it's all it's all fun and games. But now, these guys are supposed to perform and they're not, and we all just get pissed off, <laughs> and we all get frustrated watching them, and um, and yeah, it's frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. Yeah, yeah very leaves a bad taste in your mouth to end the season this way, uh, especially so close to to coming back, and you could have seen. Uh, like you said, if the Yankees could have come back against Kimbrel there, well then shit, Cora looks stupid having used his his number one pitcher. Who's going to start game five for them? Kimbrel can't close out a game. Uh, it was so close to going wrong for the Red Sox, and instead he played to win. He uh, he was ballsy, and it, and, it, and it worked out for him. Yeah, um, it did. I mean, the Yankees took care of that. You know, no, they, they certainly they helped him out. Yeah. They didn't really do much to, to finish that game off. The Yankees finished that game off for yeah, them. Yeah, they finished themselves. Um, yeah, they absolutely did. <clears throat> and that was and the you, only inning they had. Uh, you know, that was the only inning that you actually felt like they were going to do something. And you look back to game one, wasted opportunities. That's a game that the Red Sox were lucky to win, in my opinion. The Yankees could have stolen it. But it, it still did not change my outlook on the series because they just needed to get one in Fenway. And they did in game two. They come out, lay an egg in game three. That's the one we're going to look back to because there was a whole bunch of stuff. There's something going on there with that Severino. Did he not warm up on time? Was he tipping pitches? Like it, There was something there. I know we kind of downplayed it on the podcast after last night's episode. I, I really have a hard time believing that he did, flat out didn't know when the game was starting, but something happened. Either he... Uh, I don't know what it is. There was some bad sort of Indian mix food. up. It's a bad Indian food. Some sort of mix up where someone, someone uh, directed like didn't have his jock strap like dry cleaned in time. There's some reason why he was warming up eight minutes before the game because that the fact of the matter is that's not normal. I don't know what the reason is. I think we're gonna find out eventually. It's probably gonna be in a week or two. Who knows? It'll leak out somehow. I don't know. Someone we didn't find out. We didn't find out about Judge's injury for a solid what year. No, what do you a mean while. year? Are you talking about? No, we like found the out- actual, the actual reason why he was, uh, he was, he was hurt. Not, not this, the last year. It took a long time that for the what, for what the real the news actual, to come out. The shoulder injury? Yeah. What was the injury? What was the issue? It was the wall. They oh, were talking wasn't? about it. They were talking okay, about that it. That was bullshit. They're, they're, that happened in April. Look, there. It, that was part of it. That was absolutely was part, part of it. it. He hit. <laughs> he was hitting 340 at the at the all-star break so he hurt his shoulder in april and was fine until the all-star break and then did the home run derby and there was and then there comes was still out. a lot of, there was still a lot of 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 haziness around it. whatever right. i don't really don't care that yeah. doesn't matter to me right now <laughs> i don't even know why i'm freaking arguing that right the the point is is that if there is something then yeah it'll leak out at some point but i, we'll I would expect them to keep it tight for a while if, we'll find out i, I personally don't think off. there's anything i think it was ron darling you know he's sitting there back with his legs up, drinking a scotch, laughing at all the Yankee fans Maybe. for putting this conspiracy theory in their heads. That's what I think. <clears throat> but, you know, yeah. I don't know. Everybody else is saying it's it wasn't. Everybody in the Yankees organization is saying it was nothing. Yeah. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode. As I said, our next episode will be out Monday morning, and we'll be on a regular Monday schedule from there. Uh, we are not done uh, by any means, not done, but I uh, just want to send a, a shout-out to all the listeners. It, it was a fun season interacting with you guys. We did six events at the stadium this year. That was awesome to see everybody come out, meet a ton of new listeners. Uh, we, the Facebook group has grown a lot. Uh, We were doing those post-game recaps on Twitter. A lot of people liked those. So as far as the podcast goes and uh, our interaction with the listeners, uh, that that was uh, probably my favorite part of this season. Yeah, the events were great. They really were. There was a lot of fun, and I think there's something really special starting starting to brew there with uh, with everything that we're doing with these events and meeting up in in uh, in real life. It's fun to interact. You know, on social media and such like that, but it's it's way better to uh, put you know actual faces and shake some hands and uh, like meet people in, in in real life and just to have you know fun conversations about uh, the Yankees. And honestly, uh, there have been so many people that have that you know we've had like just long conversations about other things, about family and life and like whatever. Just just a bunch of people uh, hanging out over um, over uh, a mutual passion. So uh, that that has been you know to me the one of the one of the highlights of this. Uh, you know, everything we've done, honestly, with Bronx pinstripes, too. Um, but we are going to be uh, doing another spring training trip, and we will be looking at that um, to see when the, the date is. We should be able to put that out relatively, hopefully, in the next uh, few weeks. We'll, we'll take a look at that. Andrew and I will check our schedules and make sure everything lines up and then check with Tampa and, and see when, uh, when that lines up, and we will put that out. And then also keep an eye out for next season's events because we are um, – I'm already talking with the Yankees – and we're lining up the events for that, too. So we're going to get those out super early and going to do a, uh, a season pass this year um, that will have the, you know, the Bronx Pinstripes events um, included on uh, a season pass for all of the games. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to next year. You know, this team has a, a ton of hope. There's no doubt about it. They're a talented bunch. And uh, World Series are bust again next year, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. George isn't at home to leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? (laughs) Believe it or not, I'm not home. This was a demoralizing loss. I mean, it could have been a two-to-one game. Regardless, the Yankees weren't hitting, but what the fuck is going on? I mean, Boone bringing in fucking Lance Lynn with the bases loaded, that right there was a big mistake. He's not the guy to put that fire up. Chad Green should have came in. They should have had a quicker hook on Severino. The guy did not fucking have it. You don't even have a funny voicemail? Like, leave a voicemail? This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show? I couldn't call last night because, unfortunately, I live with two little kids. And I can't yell and wake them up because God forgive them, they're woken up. It's not like my opinion better. I'm punching pillows. I can't even scream. So now I'm driving to work and now I get to finally call. What the fuck? Boom, you idiot. Boom, throw sugar. There's, who cares when he comes out and pitches? He knew when the game was. This isn't Alan Iverson. This ain't practice. This is blowout. There's no excuse. He's not a number one.
He's young as shit. He could be, but he's not a number one. We don't have another a number one because we don't go out and get Derek Cole. And we don't trade for DeGrom. Unbelievable. Poor Sebi. I love Sebi. I like Sebi. He's okay. But he didn't have it. You're lucky it's 3 nothing. And then you let him come out for the fourth? Why? Why would you do this? There's no reason. They took David Price out. And it was a close game. You're just not even mad at your boon. You blow bubbles, good bubbles. They hit that fucking home run in 2004. But that's it, dude. So then you put Lance in with faces loaded. Are you shitting me? Put in fucking Austin Romine, man. It's the same fucking thing. And then Nathan Avaldi. Nathan Avaldi. Take, take the Cy Young Award and call it the Nathan Avaldi Award. What the hell? He was on the Yankees. They let him go. Nathan Nathan fucking Mavaldi. Are you shitting me? I don't I never want to face him again. Give me fucking sale. I'd rather pitch hit against sale. Than Nathan fucking Mavaldi. This game was winnable. But the first game was winnable. Yes, it was nice to be up on price, and I love that picture of him looking like an idiot. But now it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Because now we're the idiots. We are the idiots. We are idiots. That was an embarrassment of a game. That was the fucking single most embarrassing game I've ever watched. And I'm over here biting my pillow. God, you guys should charge because I feel so much better. You should literally, I, will, I would pay a dollar a minute just to be able to call and leave a voicemail. That some, a Yankee fan might hear it and might sympathize with me. Angel Hernandez is the home plate umpire tonight, and CC is on the mound. If there's anything that's ever been must-watch baseball, this is it. Who's had more drama with umpires in the history of Major League Baseball than CC versus Angel? It'll be a story. Something's going to happen, and the first time... Somebody is upset about a ball or strike called. Somebody's gonna get tossed, and I really hope it's Boone, because Angel Hernandez is the joke of Major League Baseball. Trying to sue them, everything that he did, and every call that got reversed last night. Worst umpire in baseball, and I hope the first time he misses a K zone strike when CC's pitching, something happens. Look forward to it. You hear this shit, baby? I'm at the stadium and CC's walking. Yo, here we go, Yankees. Heading into the eighth inning. Down three runs. This is either going to be a game we regret for the rest of our fucking lives, or this is going to be a Yankeeography moment. Who's going to be the Bucky Dent? Who's going to be the Tino Martinez, the Dare Jeter, the Scott Brocious? Who on this team is going to establish themselves as that first pillar of the next Yankees dynasty? 
they're either going to do it in the next two innings, or this is going to be another goddamn year we are embarrassed about, and the Astros better fucking kick these Red Sox ass. Damn, fellas. Fucking terrible. Fucking, fucking terrible. 20 to 2 on our home field. It's just crazy. Fucking insane. Good season, Yankees. Good fucking season. Shame it has to end this way. But good fucking season. Three words, cut John Carlos Stanton. That bomb doesn't deserve to be anywhere near Yankee Stadium ever again in his career. What an absolute waste. Tough loss tonight. Stanton with the chance to be a Yankee hero, and he, he blew it! <sighs> if this is year two of a several-year rebuilding, then I'm okay with it, but they really got to do something about it next year. We cannot, I just, I just cannot deal with Boston being that much better than us. It's just, there's just something wrong, and it just sort of ties in with the rest of just the, the horribleness that is life at this moment. I know that seems to be by hyperbole, but that's how I feel at almost midnight on a weeknight, and I gotta get up in six hours. See you in April, boys. Man, oh man. That is not the team I watched in Boston. It's like they came back here, and someone paid them off to play like fucking garbage. Every last one of them, except Judge. I'm like speechless right now. I can't even collect my thoughts. I don't even know what to say. When you're fighting with a chick, you don't even, it just leaves you speechless. I might have to leave another voicemail. And I'm stuck with the Jets for the rest of the year. Thanks a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I guess, I guess the only thing I really have to say is let's go Houston. What a fucking embarrassment this series was. The pitching was awful. The batting, we had a few good moments, but overall just couldn't produce any fucking runs. I swear to God, this offseason is going to be more painful than last year. And we better not sign Machado or anyone else, no position players, unless it's just to fill a little gap as a backup. We need starting pitching. We're too old. We got a bunch of guys that can't get the job done. None of our starters went five innings. Tanaka, yes, he got the job done. That's what I like to see, but... My fucking God, we're not going to win the World Series with this pitching staff. Never. We we don't have a shot. Well, I guess here's here's to the rest of the night. Going to finish the rest of my beer here. And uh, go Yankees. I don't even know if you guys are taking voicemails right now. Um, this, is, this is what death feels like. Honestly... If they had just laid down and died the way that they have all season and that ended like a 4-1 game with Kimbrel getting the save with his stupid fucking arm hang bullshit and they struck out three times in the ninth, I mean, we probably, you know, well, we would, we'd be in the same place, but to come back like that, 
and to be so fucking close. And you know what? I've been on Boone's side all season. I've been on Stanton's side all season. Boone, first of all, for last night, that, that that's fireable. And I know people are so quick to be like, oh, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy. What he did last night, the whole Severino thing, the, the pitching decisions, last night was fireable. That's worse than Girardi's no challenge last year. And and Stanton, I can't tell you how many at-bats he came up with running the scoring position. He doesn't have to hit a home run. He doesn't have to hit a fucking home run. But to, to, to look as lost, as he, he looks like the kid that you stick out in right field in T-ball because his mom wants him to play sports so she can socialize with the other moms, and the kid's got his finger up his nose. That's what he looks like at the plate. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.